right in front of him. Crowd are looking, throws it alley. Oh! Welcome into the Just Basketball Show for Tuesday, June 13th, and the Denver Nuggets are NBA champions. I'm Chris Manning. That is Brennan Clean. If you haven't already, please subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice. Five-star reviews only. And remember to subscribe to Just Basketball Fans' YouTube channel. Got a ton of great content over there, and it's only going to get better as the NBA summer kicks off. But Brennan, the season is over. The Denver Nuggets have beat the Miami Heat. They win this series 4-1. Nikola Jokic is the Finals MVP, the lowest drafted player ever to win Finals MVP. And he's now a champion. This was not the prettiest game. This was not the prettiest series. (laughs) But Brendan, here's where I want to start. I told you a couple days ago when we were prepping for this that I had a Denver kind of rant in me if they won. And whether it was this or game six, here's just what what I want to just clear. Just make very explicitly clear. People, I think we're going to get some nonsense the next couple days about their path to get here and all this stuff. They beat Anthony Edwards. Look, I just want, there's, there's nothing that they were just pretty dominant in the course of the West for the most part. Oh yeah. Beat Anthony Edwards and and the Wolves in round one pretty decisively. That's there's name players on that team. Just go, I'm gonna look at the names of the players they beat. Name some dudes. They beat Cat. They beat they beat Rudy Gobert in that series. They advance. Okay. They just keep churning and churning and churning throughout this this playoff. When he gets to the conference finals, they beat LeBron. They beat AD. They didn't have, like, easy paths here. They didn't have a path that was just, like, nobody's and historically bad teams or anything like that. They didn't have a a stretch against Phoenix Suns. They played Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, two of the best players in the league, who had absolute flamethrower game start that series, and they beat them, and it didn't feel close at the end. And it gets to the finals. They beat the team that was the boogeyman, the Grim Reaper of the Eastern Conference for the last, like, two months. And they won in five games. Yeah. They handled every best shot they got. This team is... There, there's no, nothing you can do, Brendan, to say any... To take away from this title. This is... This was the best team in the league this year. Nikola Jokic, I think, has the best player in the world belt right now. They're on top of the world. That, that's where this is at. There's, if you say anything else, you're... you're not, not you, but the pejorative you... Everyone, you're just being an absolute hater for absolutely no reason. Well said. I th- I honestly am just thinking a lot about Nuggets fans. Um, nothing very like, happy. Very, very happy for them. Nothing like a first-time champ- championship. Nothing like, I mean, to make it the first time and then win it. And the amount that this fan base has had to go through and wait for is pretty awesome as well. You know, this is a group where uh, for everything, the way that it was headed could have just never even gotten to this spot, you know, Um, whether it was impatience by ownership or it was certain guys, you know, if Michael Porter doesn't develop the right way, then his contract becomes a problem. And if they don't draft well, then the kind of weird years with the injuries catch up to them because their team gets expensive. There was all sort of ways that it could have gone wrong. 
And yet Jokic and Murray are great enough and the rest of the stuff went right. And guys like Aaron Gordon and Contavious Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown get added along the way. And this is just a group that ends up being dominant. And I don't really think there's another way to look at it. I mean, I, 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 I know that there will be people who tried to poke holes in it, but this was a team, Chris, with the best offensive rating among playoff teams outside of the two COVID years for the Jazz in NBA history. Those those two team those two years where Donovan Mitchell was just flamethrower and they had a bunch of three point shooting. Those two Jazz teams are higher. That's it. The Sacramento Kings had the best offense in the NBA in the regular season this year. The Nuggets in the playoffs were almost a point per hundred possessions better than them on offense. There's nothing to describe what they're doing besides dominance. And like tonight, it wasn't like traditional sexy dominance, but I would look at 28, 16 and four on 12 of 16 shooting from Jokic in one of the ugliest basketball games of the playoffs to still do that. I think that is pretty dominant. And uh, yeah, this team this team's legit. I, I don't think you can, it's it's unassailable. What they just did, they didn't even get they didn't even get to a game seven. And the only game six they got to, they smashed the Suns and I watched it, and it was one of the ugliest closeout games of the entire postseason. Like if this isn't being dominant, then like I don't really know what we're doing here. Brendan, in game five, they they beat the Heat at their own game. They went through the muck to clinch to clinch it. Mm-hmm. To clinch the title. If you look at the numbers from this game and look at the you just look at the physicality. There was a lot of slapping in this game. <laughs> there was a lot of poking. There there were a couple of times where I was like, wait, if if the, I was waiting for Bam and and Jokic have to get separated just because like Bam is poking him and prodding him and Jokic is not exactly one of those guys who is gonna uh be soft in, in when he gets poked like that. He's not gonna he you know how Dylan Brooks said he pokes bears. Nikola Jokic is the bear who will yeah. eat you, right? Um, I mean, pretty, I'm sure pretty people like size. Grizzly bear, Nikola Jokic. It's, it's kind of right did there. You, did, did you see him hugging his massive brother with the neck tats after the game? I, I just will be thinking about I it. Saw the, I saw thing. his brother in the shot when they were kind of showing the whole family toward the end when his brother started crying, and I, it was just a lot. The idea of a man that large <laughs> shedding a tear is just like a... A a, un, like a a galaxy upending moment in in human history, but it happened tonight. I mean, you know, it probably also happens when he watches like The Notebook or something. Honestly, you know, maybe they're just big softies. Serbian dub, though. You know, yeah, probably. But like the offensive rating for Denver in this game, ninety seven point nine. That's awful. Miami's was worse, ninety three point seven. Like not like the, the the Heat won in terms of turnover percentage, won the turnover battle, but the Nuggets hit the offensive glass. They produced just enough. Jokic was was good enough in these spots, and they beat the Heat in the muck. They went into the muck, and they beat the Heat, where the Heat like had to take this game. They survived the Jimmy run that was like what eleven and eleven to three. Jimmy on his own run. Yeah. They survived that. They didn't blink. Other teams in this play in these playoffs, the Bucks, the Celtics, have blinked when Jimmy has done that stuff to them. Yeah, and here they didn't. They survived. They're NBA champions. I thought this series was cool that it didn't just always go to the the three-point winner, mostly because most of the games, both teams shot like shit, but it's still nice that we didn't get an NBA Finals that was just like, oh, yeah, Miami shot, you know, 60% from deep four times, and that's, there's your NBA champion. Like, I'm not saying if Miami had won the series, it's fine, but I don't, I was not liking that it might end up that way. The the stat that defined this one to me was 
19 fast break points for Denver and 60 points in the paint for Denver. And it was like, yes, it's ugly. They missed a bunch of free throws, Christian Brown, Jokic even. And they didn't make their threes like we talked, like I just said. They turned the ball over 10 times in the first half, only four in the second half. But it was like, hey, when we're going to score, it's going to be in the paint. And like, we're going to hit the offensive glass and we're going to pass the ball to Jokic every single time that he has a mismatch. And a lot of times when he doesn't, and Michael Porter Jr. is going to just attack the basket because nothing else is working. And yeah, I mean, it, uh, being able to stoop to that level, I don't even mean that in terms of like quality. I just mean to be able to play a game like that, that is not what we thought of heading into this finals even as a Nuggets type of game um, was awesome. It was cool to see. I think these are the two most mentally tough teams in the league. And I think that's yes. kind of what these po this postseason taught us. And so to be able to kind of like stand up on the throne after that and say, hey, we were in a battle of like mental and physical toughness and we won, like forget anything else. Like you're you're the champion. Michael Malone said after the game that they just don't want one. He went to the he didn't quite go. Not one, not two. Yeah, he said we want not more. three. Yeah. But like I could believe, Brendan, this is this is a catalyst for the for the Nuggets. I could believe that this is the start of something. For the Nuggets. I don't know like if they're going to go on like a dynasty run or anything like that. That is very bold to predict. But I, I think we, we see a team here that has Jokic who's still in his prime, who has Murray, who I think is only going to get bolstered by this, who has a front office that is making moves to ensure future flexibility, that has MPJ locked up, that has Aaron Gordon for right now kind of locked up. That will have to figure out what to do with Bruce Brown, but you'd hope they could find a way to keep him. He would want to stay. Like the core of this team is not going to get broken up in a meaningful way, and with some smart draft picks, and because and just because they have Nikola freaking Jokic, they're going to be fine. And this is the kind of thing where you win a finals like this, you're mentally tougher than the other team. Like you said, you kind of survive this, and you get here. This feels like this won't be the last time we see the Denver Nuggets in high stakes games. Will they win another title? I don't know, but do I think they have a really good chance to get back here? Yes, I do. So you and I have been trying to get to some big picture stuff on the Nuggets all series, but we kept wanting to wait because he didn't want to jump the gun and everything else. Um, I have a beef and a grudge and just like a deep uh, anger toward Bill Simmons because yeah, he beat us to it. Um, they did a lot of this stuff on their pod today um, in terms uh, of... Bill, Bill, Bill also drafted Darius Garland on his list of guys <laughs> to be traded, and I had happen. the same reaction Ryan Russillo had, which was... Like, are you high? Like, without saying, are you high, Bill? Are you, are you high? Were you still drunk from nephew Kyle's wedding? I, I think you might have been. Yeah. But so let me just ask you the question that they kind of hit on, which is if the Murray and Michael Porter Jr. injuries don't happen. And they come off of that five game loss in the Western Conference finals. Do you think 2023 could have been championship number two for the Nuggets or even three for the Nuggets. Would we be talking about this as like the Ascension, the Nuggets era in the NBA rather than kind of these weird new finals appearances by different teams every season while the Nuggets were kind of biding their time and were debating and yelling about MVP and all this stuff? Do you think there's an alternate reality where it's actually just them for three, four years? I, I, don't, I think it's possible that they at least maybe at least like at the very least make another finals in that run, right? Like 
what has happened here really just when we look back at it, it feels almost delayed. The Murray stuff, the MPJ stuff, that all feels delayed. And obviously there's there were ifs there. MPJ is back. Like back injuries are never something you can just bank on being okay. Uh, Murray, you you had, I mean, that, the guy's whole thing, dating back to some of the really great Jackie McMullen stories on him, his mental toughness, his fortitude is always a core part of him. But it was like never a lock that he was going to get back here. But I, I think that felt like it, it delayed it. I mean, as Where recently think- as like January, you and I were doing shows. We were like knee soreness. He going to be all right? Like, is he fine? Yeah, turns out he was fine. And I think he's only going to get better from here. Um, the, the only part of it that I think like maybe crystallized here differently than those other seasons, Brendan, is the role player stuff. Christian Brown like had moments in the series and and did things. He had a he missed the free throws, but uh, he had a very nice like vet you know up fake and, and draw a foul moment in this game. Um, this this game by the way would not have been as close as it was if Denver just like hit some damn free throws. Like they put this game away like a bunch earlier if they just like hit some free throws or one of the th- many threes that just like went in and out. Regardless, well, we know that Jimmy Butler only had like f- two minutes of scoring in him, so yeah, I guess. If you never give him that opportunity, there's probably not even a crunch time. Yeah, we're you're getting like Zeke Naji and DeAndre Jordan not like in the middle of a game, which which we don't even have to talk about because that was just a thing that happened. And we I just apparently hallucinated it. But like the Bruce, like you got Bruce Brown, you got Christian Brown, you got KCP in the trade. Like the, the role player stuff, I think, crystallized for them this year in a way it wasn't a year ago. Like Monty Morris was still on the team. Wow. A year ago, just right, complete stray. What did he do? You don't, you don't think Nothing. he had it in him? He should. He should get an honor. He's still on the team. Damn, he, he was. He should get an honorary championship ring. But he's what like, brought they went them in KCP. I mean, I know, but it's just like, but they got the, they got the wing. They got the, yeah. they got KCP, two-time NBA champion, Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Well, that's the thing, right? Via, like moving on from Monty, they Morris. got bigger. Is yeah. what happened. Um. And I have a piece on this coming out uh, for Dime, I th- hopefully tomorrow. Because, um, like, look, this is their playoff rotation in, in 2020 when they played LeBron and AD in, in that championship Lakers team. So they had Murray and Jokic, the top two minutes getters. Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, Monte Morris, Gary Harris, Torrey Craig, Mason Plumley. Um, that's a deeper nine than they have now. That's nine guys who all like could still play playoff minutes outside of Paul Millsap. Um, they didn't have Aaron Gordon. That was the big thing. But they just have size at every position. And I feel like that's kind of been the, the, the learning process for their front office over time. I mean, like they had Millsap. They had Yusuf Nurkic playing next to Joker at one point and all these different guys. But it was really like you just said with KCP. It was like, we're going to need size everywhere because we have a groundbound center. And, you know, we're going to need to own the boards. We're going to need to own the paint. We're going to need to just be a swarming defense, even if we're not an athletic defense. And that's where even somebody like Jeremy Grant, like, I don't think he would have fit on this team. It was such a big disappointment when he ended up leaving. But I think in the end, they they didn't need a player like that. They got scoring down. You know what I mean? Like, they needed physicality, size, and length. And they pretty much have it on every single player who plays for this team now. And that's, I feel like the biggest kind of, like if I'm just trying to take away why this year's team got it done, or if, I, if I'm another front office, what do I want to learn? It's that. The other, I, I think part of this, 
that I think Brennan feels to me very special to this year is just, I, I think because you, they didn't have, they had like different versions of the, you fail in the playoffs and you come back journey, right? Like they didn't have like this core hit a wall two, three, four times and then break through. They had Jokic kind of hit a wall last year and you're banking on these guys that were not there, but had been with you in the bubble and had big moments in Murray's case specifically, then come back and then figure this all out and then come back. Like it just like looks different than I think like the historical yeah. kind of thing. I, I do also just want to note. And then you um, just had two MVP a, seasons in the middle of that, which is just more insane. Yeah, just, more just, like just confusing to the average fan, I think. Yes. Here is um, Nicole Jokic's resume now, by the way. Hit this. He's 28 years old. Five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, All-Rookie team member, two-time MVP, was the Western Conference Finals MVP this year, just won a title, and was the MVP of the Finals. Mm-hmm. Brendan, do you oh, know you who the... Oh, you forgot his I'm Conference looking. Finals MVP trophy. The Magic Johnson. No, I Johnson. said Western Conference. Oh, you did? I said that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was did. just laughing at I how did. silly of an award that is. It's very silly, but uh, I'm, you know... Rings culture and it was the, MVP the other thing about for the you, four games of that series. Congrats! Yeah, I mean, look, they they did just kind of them to Lakers. Um, the the other part about this is like you look at Jokic and he just says like we can all go home now. It is like <laughs> the exact opposite of like the. I don't know if you've like my Instagram, Brendan, is like a mix of a lot of NBA stuff, some golf stuff, and then like Jack Grealish content. And the amount of Jack Grealish content I've gotten on my Instagram is and and what he has partaken in in the last couple of days since winning the Champions League is the exact opposite of what Nikola Jokic is going to, yeah. I think, do over the next 24 hours. Yeah, Brooks hours. Kepka, I think Jack Grealish and him are just kind of like back and forth competing for the, you know, the, the most inebriated man on earth for their N- respective <laughs> celebrations. No, no, and Joker is like, can I have like an orange juice or like a, like a Capri Sun? Can I have a water? And, can, I yeah, just, elect- can, I, yeah, can I get some yeah. electrolytes? Like yeah. Nikola Jokic is not going to be on stage at the parade at five, like at five in the morning, A, still in his jersey, and B, not being like, I'm a turkey, and then have his teammates pour like Greg Goose in his mouth as they're like celebrating in the parade. Like that man is just going to get home to Serbia and see the ponies. You could tell all he wanted to do was just like get, get out with his daughter home. and his wife, right? Yeah. Like even as it was all happening. But no, Jokic is actually the part of this that... uh unassailable resume as you just said but i think that i pulled some numbers from okay, wait, can i can you can i say you one thing real quick yeah. that i just looked up and this is gonna this is historically is gonna be very funny who won the do you remember who won the rookie of the year in 2015-16 was that the year ben simmons won it no it was carl anthony towns okay. And got, and Carl Anthony Towns, Brendan, was the fifth unanimous winner of the award. <laughs> We're gonna, uh, uh, I'm gonna jump ahead a, a couple days. We're gonna be talking about Cat uh, on the next show we do. Um, scoring from Jokic. So I lean toward yes that this would have been the dominant Nuggets era, if not for those injuries. I actually do think that they probably get at least one, uh, let's say one championship. But my only caveat would be, I actually think that Jokic's maturation physically and his development as a scorer has really mattered. So his first MVP season, his at the rim frequency as a scorer was below 33%. 
So less than a third of his shots came at the basket, which makes sense because he just didn't really put in the effort to barrel his way inside. He didn't really try to score out of post-ups. It's not that he doesn't play inside. It's just he really wasn't trying to attack in that way. This year, it's over 44%. Almost half of his shots have come at the basket this season. We know he's efficient. That was never a difference. That, that hasn't changed. But this year, he's set or tied career highs in efficiency at the rim, efficiency from mid-range, and efficiency from deep. So he got even more efficient. He started attacking as a, you know, a scorer on the interior, became unstoppable when he looked to score. I mean, he had a few shots at the end of this game where he was just destroying Caleb Martin. Um, and that stuff in terms of mentality, in terms of touch, in terms of physicality as a scorer, I don't, I really don't think that was there. Um, uh, I do think that that happened over time and it, they needed every single ounce of it, especially against Miami, but even against the Lakers when he's, you know, having to go- score against Anthony Davis and he's having to, you know, scored 53 against the Suns like that, that they don't get here without him doing that. And I don't know if he could have done that three, two, three years ago. No, I, I don't I don't think he could have. And I, I think that's a, it's a very subtle part of his game. It is not like the, the A1 lead part of his game that when you when we look back at like what has made him special these last several last couple of years, it is going to be the passing stuff. It's going to be the wizardry. It's going to be like you can make a compilation of passes he makes that didn't result in assists that I would probably watch for like 20 minutes. He had one in this game where it look anyone else, it's like a hook shot from like eight feet. And instead, it was like a little pass into Bruce Brown who's like just darting in and he finds these little spaces. That is what like draws him noon. But he made he he did the thing that you need to do to like win over like the weirdos who are obsessed with with a certain archetype of player which is like just be like the best playoff scorer on a team and like dominate the ball in a certain way. Like he's kind of done that now. Like we've like, there's not a part of his game, Brendan, that I don't, th- we can't pick at it anymore. Like, yes, like he's, is he the best defender in the world? No, but like, he's so good on offense and he's had that swipe like against uh, Gabe Vincent had this late sw- in the game, had the swipe against Gabe Vincent is competitive on defense is smart on defense. And I think to his credit, the gas tank is just, like it's there. Like for a guy yeah. that size, you have the gas tank he has to handle what he has done. That wasn't there a couple of years ago either. Like he yeah. he is in phenomenal. This is a guy that he doesn't look like he's been like he's not going to be like dropping like Instagram ad routines anytime soon. But he's in phenomenal shape. The gas tank is is there for Jokic, and that 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 probably something different from a couple of years ago as well. I would imagine if you asked him yeah. independently. I mean. Uh, he just doesn't Luka foul Dacic, take notes. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he's shredded again. By the way, Luca is ripped. Yeah. Has is he hitting the hookah? Is like what's what's going on? Is it hookah Luca season? Always, it always is. That 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 Good doesn't go away. Um, no, but uh, he never fouls either. And that's one of the mm-hmm. things defensively. Like early in his career, I'm looking fouls per hundred possessions. His first two playoff runs, including that Lakers conference finals appearance, he he fouled five times per hundred possessions. Um. 2021 goes down, but last year, 5.8 in their five-game series. Six fouls per 100 possessions, basically. And then to this year, down to four and a half. And that's another really long playoff run where he really had to kind of prove that. And that doesn't include tonight, uh, but still, that's that's been huge for him too. It's it's all those things, and I do think, like you're pointing out with the MVPs and, and the delayed kind of nature of this thing, like he was getting better, even if... Mm-hmm. Not everything else was. And honestly, like, I don't know if you want to talk about these guys in depth or not, but 
Michael Porter Jr. was also getting better. I know he missed a lot of time himself, but he was playing a lot of it. And like they don't win this without his evolution from just being a shooter to being something more. And they don't win this without Aaron Gordon, I think, learning to play with Jokic and learning what his role needed to be on this team. So, yeah, they didn't have like those, oh, we were just that close types of moments, but like they were there. And then they finally kind of struck when it all hit together. But I think next year they'll be right there again because this is not something that just falls apart. Like they're a unit. They they play together and they're dominant. Jokic, by the way, his turnover percentage, Brendan, went from 15.6% in the regular season to 11.9 in the playoffs. And that was on a 3% higher usage in the playoffs. Yeah, like almost freak. 4% higher usage in the playoffs. That That's absurd. The Aaron Gordon thing is a great shout because lest we forget before they get Aaron Gordon, they lose Jeremy Grant, who they given up a first round pick for. And I think other small market teams like that might have that that could have been like a that could have been like a moment where you look back and say, oh, like they 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 paid and it didn't work out and they couldn't replace him. They just went and got a guy who I think has bought into his role better than Jeremy Grant probably was ever willing to, I think, is what we've kind of learned. Right. Jeremy like Grant Jeremy might Grant, be going back to the Pistons this offseason. Yeah. Which. Uh, I mean, OK, Jeremy, get your bag, whatever but, you want to, you know, it's like James Harden, like all the James Harden energy going on there. Yeah. But like he. That that's a little bit of Jeremy Grant, but eh, whatever. Um, they went and got a guy who was like bowling mismatches in the series and is playing really tough and is like ascended into like a perfect version of himself alongside Jokic. Like he is the quintessential example of you can make a lot of money, be really good, and win a lot of basketball games if you kind of find the right role for yourself. And obviously, not every team offers the infrastructure and in the 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 palette that Jokic does. They don't offer the canvas. Jokic does. No, but he could have flamed out, yourself. you know. Like, he could still get he here could've. and be like, I mean, Bones Highland just did it, right? Like, yeah, I wonder it's what, not foolproof. He's still th- but Bones absolutely is sitting at home if he's watching this game and is like, yeah, I, I probably, you know, I, I should be taking these shots that Murray's taken. Yeah. I mean, you know, Sean Marion played with Steve Nash and got grumpy about not taking shots. Like, it's not just like this elixir that if you play with these guys, you're just, no, your career is right. solved. So, he deserves a ton of credit. I mean, I hear you for sure. Like he he found the right situation, but he also bought into it. And he's making twenty plus million dollars a year. It's it's a win win win. If you buy in, that that's the thing. If you buy into it, it allows a lot for you. I think. Um, Brennan, should we hit a couple? We said a ton about the Nuggets. They're very deserving champions. Can't wait to see them next year. Can't we just get any Jokic summer content? Just very excited for that. He's gonna disappear just, like Daniel Day Lewis. He's gone. <laughs> He's out. Uh, if he, I, I hope he wears as insane fits as Daniel Day Lewis wears in retirement. That's all I gotta say about that. Um, just tracks, just they both wear tracksuits, so that could work. Perfect. But any, any final Miami Heat thoughts? I mean, we have to talk about Good Jimmy. Friend. I think. I, I just, I, I want to start positively and just say <laughs> they made the NBA Finals as a team that were in the plane and and lost their first playing game. That is an accomplishment for a team that like talent wise and all that stuff like isn't as good as making the finals like they were not the most talented team in the east i don't know like what you've been connect like regular season wise like what you can expect from them next year barring like there's roster changes that need to be made to kind of get them there again but this organization has now made two finals in four years and they've kind of and like this year they again were in the playing seat and were this close to losing to the bulls before they went on this run 
And yes, Jimmy kind of flamed out at the end. He had that bad turnover that kind of sealed the title for Denver. But a, a really great playoff run that I think is going to get a little bit lost to history now. And it is an accomplishment for them to make the finals as a playing team and and prove something about what Miami is. I, th- I think yeah. there is something to that, even if obviously it's over now. How do you think that Tyler Hero felt being a a, a mental chess piece, like just a a pawn in, in Eric Spolstra's game of like, he's active, Michael Malone, like take that and then not playing. He's pulling up the iPhone, opening up Zillow and is like, I could get a really nice house in Portland. Yeah. Maybe roommates with Bam. No, they, they both wouldn't be able to go. No, too, no, too no, no, Dame also is like, He's mentioned he's name check at Bam. That's uh, uh, I feel that, but uh, Damian Lillard should be walked through some recent NBA trades uh, and shown kind of what the value tends to be because Tyler Hero and like a future picks kind of not getting it done. But that is a conversation for maybe Thursday's episode. Um, well, and no, uh, I mean, next week we have a we do have a Blazers guest book that we're excited that too. about. Uh, so no, I think the the Heat thing like they shot thirty four percent from the field. The guys who were doing it for them just you you can't expect that for 20 playoff games it's just not sustainable especially when your best player is not even creating good shots for those guys anymore if they're having to just do it by themselves it's not going to happen i thought bam played fine honestly um i thought he was pretty aggressive tonight and and actually went through Jokic in ways that you know heat fans Mm -hmm. are always imploring him to do jimmy had that burst he had 11 free throw attempts which is kind of what we were asking for he was driving and kicking but that's just not going to be enough to beat the nuggets um, no, I think what this, this series showed is imagine what this team could be if they do get that superstar. Like if I'm Pat Riley, I'm looking at this and saying like, Jimmy wants to be here. We have some assets. Like imagine what we could be if we had the next guy who wants out the next superstar, whatever player that ends up being like. This should make them more aggressive to go get that. They did not really seem to pursue Kevin Durant. I don't know if he ever would have wanted to go there. They they lost out in the Mitchell sweepstakes if they were ever really in it. But like I would be looking at that and being like, and we still made the finals. So we have yeah. to like be more aggressive even than we already have been. And and I think that will be their lesson. I think Brendan that transitions just to a little exercise we're gonna do looking at big picture and parody. Uh I think I want to I, I want to run through the teams that we think like should think that they could make a run to the finals next year. That's what I want to do with this exercise. But I want to tell everyone real quick about our friends at Homage. Founded in 2007, Homage is an ultra comfortable specialty apparel company that uses vintage inspired designs to pay homage to the greatest stories, traditions, and figures across sports, music, and popular culture. They have a ton of great shirts that are NFL, NBA, MLB, Nickelodeon, and WB and hundreds of other unique and pop culture designs, including the National Parks. Brennan has a great Grand Canyon shirt to pay I'm sure Arizona. They're not just another fan t-shirt company. They craft the softest, most nostalgic clothing for sports fans, pop culture aficionados, and everybody in between. I am right now wearing a Jimmy Butler t-shirt. I'm, you know, feeling some some uh, nostalgia for the Jimmy Butler that we saw against the Milwaukee Bucks is where I'm at. So check out, we have a link below. If you go click it, you buy something from our friends at Homage. Some of the money is going to come back to the Just Basketball show. Go click that. Buy something cool for yourself or a loved one, friend, whatever. Do some sports support the show. Father's Day. Click that link. Father's Day. Dad. Yeah, you're, did, you, did you forget to buy a gift for your dad? 
Go buy him an homage shirt. They have a ton hey, of great NBA to ones. Yeah. And look, uh, if you want to get in the WNBA, they have like every team logo on a shirt, and you could just pick a team, pick the best, pick the best homage T-shirt, and that's the team you're going to support. In the W it seems like a, a foolproof way to do it, in my opinion. Brendan, let's go through these teams and and look at who we think should look at this off season, think about next year, and think, yeah, we can make a we can we could talk ourselves into getting we, we, to the finals. Can I give some stats about where where how we got to here first? Yeah. So yes. okay. <clears throat> This is actually pretty crazy when I went back in history. The NBA had repeat finals teams. So that means at least one team repeated every single year from 1982 to 1998. Craziness. Then again, from, then again from 2000 to 2003. Then 2004 to 2005, 2008 to 2010. And then a big one because of LeBron and the Warriors from 2011 to 2019. But now... No repeat finals team since the 2018-19 Warriors. And then there were also three occasions of repeat finals matchups, like the same exact teams, 97-98 with Bulls-Jazz, 2013-14 with Spurs-Heat, and then 15-18 to with, with Cavs-Warriors. No repeat matchups since 2018. Um, so... That's part of why I asked you the Nuggets question. That was part of the parody conversation that I wanted to have is, would we be talking about an actual age of parody if not for Jamal Murray tearing his ACL and Michael Porter's body being put together crazily uh, by the you know basketball gods? Um, and I, I think we're not sure, but either way, we're basically now we have Warriors, Lakers, Bucks, Warriors, Nuggets now as the past five champions with a bunch of different matchups thrown in there. And I don't feel like this, even if we both agree the Nuggets are going to be right there, I definitely don't feel like this is something where pencil in the Nuggets for the finals definitely don't think the Heat are any sort of lock. So it's right back to it. I agree. And I, and I think this offseason, the upheaval I think we're going to see and some of the movement we're going to see, I think is going to reshape some of what we're going to talk about and, and reshape some of this discussion. I think we're going to see some teams try to take big steps forward. I think we're going to see some teams take some moderate steps back. Um, that, that wouldn't surprise me if we feel differently about some of these teams. Do you want to do West or East first? Let's do East first. All right. Start from 15 up. This is from last year's standings. We'll knock off a bunch of no's here, I think. Pistons, no. Hornets, no. Magic, no. Wizards, no. Pacers, no. Bulls, no. Do they hang a banner that's like almost beat the heat? They should. Yeah. Raptors, no. We'll talk about the Raptors again a little bit, though. So think about it. Keep them in the percolating in your mind. The Heat, I like. I feel like I, can't, I, I should say we have to just kind of by default that they've made two finals in four years. Say I think, think the Heat could like do this again if they go, especially if they go get a star. Yeah, that's, the Heat have to is, be in there is, because yeah. they just did it. And so we know they can do it if there's a, the right set of circumstances with their type of talent. But also, I think that this summer is going to be a big one for them. So you can't rule it out. Atlanta Hawks. I think so. I mean, they were in the conference finals two years ago and they have talent. I mean, I, if you're talking about like, could I potentially draw up a world in which it happens? Sure. I mean, Quinn Snyder is going to be in his first year as head coach. There's always the potential that Trey 
figures it out. I mean, if I were to tell you that they had a similar track through like Miami just did, I don't think it would be the most insane thing. I mean, again, it just happened to them two years ago, and I think their talent might even be better now. The Trey, like coach. at the point of attack. Yeah, the better coach thing is would be like what I feel best about it. And I, I think like we're finally going to get a John Collins trade this summer. Uh, you would think... Hopefully for John Collins. Yeah, wonder what Zillow. John wonder, wonder what hit. Wonder what his the Zillow search looks I like. I can show him around Phoenix. I think there's a real nice team he could play for. He needs the, a tour of Scottsdale. You know, North Phoenix. Lots of good homes. Lots of really big properties. We're running out of water, but you know, doesn't have to worry about that for a while. Like it's no big deal. Running out of water seems like a, a real problem. Um, let's. Go, I, I'll. I'll give you a final verdict on Atlanta. I'm just a Trey skeptic. I mean, me too. I like it when we do our season preview stuff in three months, I'm not going to be sitting here saying my pick from the East is the Hawks, but it's just yeah, like, for, it could <laughs> happen. Yeah, actually, what Brennan just said was Atlanta Hawks ink them in as the yeah. number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Put section, money on it said. and yeah. tell me that I how much nuke I owe them. you if and when it doesn't cash. Yeah, yeah nu- go nuke the Atlanta Hawks on BetMGM is, is what Brennan said. All right, uh, the Nets. I'm going to say no. No. Don't the, have the, the New York Nick, no, uh, and and we'll see if they do anything weird and like maybe take a step back. I'm really curious to see what they do. I'm totally kind of unsure about what's going on there. Uh, the New York Knicks. I'm gonna say no. See, I'm gonna say yes for kind of the same reason as the Heat, which is like they're gonna be a team in the mix if there's superstars available. So if you're telling me they have a chance at Joel Embiid or something, then like, I, of course they have a, a shot at the title. Sure, I. They. I would be more convinced of this if they like make an, a kind of aggressive star trade this summer to kind of give some give someone to be with Brunson as a little more juice. Yeah, they're not getting there without another superstar, you know. But they could get one. Yeah, uh, the team they punked in the first round that did need Kevin Love at all, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, I think Cavs, Sixers, Celtics, and Bucks, the top four in the East this year, are all obviously. Right there. Yes. They easily could have won it With, this year. I mean, you know. And look, all, all these teams do have offseason questions. We should note that. We're going to cover that all here. But the Cavs, like, do they make any moves with Jared Allen? Do they, How do they upgrade their team without a lot of assets? The Sixers, uh, James Harden. their second best gonna... player on the team in three weeks. <laughs> right. The Boston Celtics, what happens with Jalen Brown? Like, um, they although Boston has made some really nice additions to the coaching staff, the Sam Cassell and Charles Lee hires are... Very good business for Boston. I don't know why I did that. I did hang out with an Italian. Uh, There's some Italians so in the north side of Boston. That. Yeah, but I feel like I did that in, in because of who I was with on Saturday, who um, had a great day for himself. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, what happened to the Chris Middleton? There's big questions there. So in the East, I'll, I'll, I'll say the Hawks, yes. We have Miami, Atlanta, the Knicks, the Cavs, the 76ers, the Celtics and the Bucks all can talk themselves into making a finals run for next year. Seven teams. And the Let's Hawks, the that West. would be their first championship. So that would be another first-timer. First yes. Let's go to the West. Spurs, no. I'm going to say Rockets, no, even if they, they get James Harden. I mean, they had a prime MVP James Harden, and they didn't win a championship, so I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> Portland, no. Utah, no. Dallas. Dallas needs a How ride. long can you stay awake for this show? Do you have an uh, hour to talk through Dallas? Brennan, I took an Ash- ashwagandha gummy before we started recording, and uh, I do not have an hour to talk about the Dallas okay. Mavericks. Well, but we'll uh, 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 but I, here's the thing. I would be a no on them. 
I I think the era that I think the I think there's a different NBA era where a Luka Doncic team where they just have enough good role players and 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 whatnot can you could they could get to the finals that way. Like I think the template is like the first LeBron the first finals LeBron ever made with the Cavs when they when they lost to the Spurs in four. That is like I that model of getting there with how good the talent is in the league now. I think that is impossible to do now. So unless the roster for them changes in a way that actually gives him like some real talent and all that stuff, I, I just, I'm going to go no. Despite that Luka is that good. I think the only path for the Mavericks to win the finals next year is actually to, to become even more top heavy, to re-sign Kyrie and make another trade. So but yeah, I agree. I, and but I just think that yeah. the barrier to doing that is actually just probably, probably too high. So um, I, but I, yeah, they have one of the top 10 players in the NBA. So it's just sort of hard to say there's no possible way. They might have two all NBA players on their team. Like it's sort of so I, I'll 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 say yes for this purpose, kind of like the Hawks. Okay. That is, um, just I I you it, can get the they, final they, verdict they, on this one. I got my Hawks thing. You can you can okay. you can I'm, go no. I'm go we're go we're going no on Dallas. I'm being I'm being a hater. I'm just like inherently just unsure of if that's like a serious organization sometimes. Um the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm gonna say no. But uh boy. Ask me a year from now. Once the rise of Chet has come and gone. Yeah, that's going to be Brennan's propaganda slant for next season. Can already feel it. In my, can feel it coming. Can, I, I'm although, moving I, to I Oklahoma am, City. Did I not tell you? Oh, good for you. I bought a house. Get, yeah, we're, we're moving uh, next week. Just getting there I early. Need, I know the season doesn't start for like three, yeah. four months, but I just mean, want to make sure yeah. we know the area. That means I do need to send you Boomtown so you can read that and just further get obsessed. I need like Boomtown 2.0 with like Chet chapters from Shorter fight to Cleveland from there too, so win-win. And you get the and you get the haunted hotel. Perfect. Great. Um hope you like highways and steakhouses. I don't think I would like Oklahoma, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm about to experience it in your way. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh New Orleans Pelicans. I'm gonna say no. Okay. I'm this one is a yes. Okay, here's they the thing. They were the number I one seed see... like five, yeah. five months ago many, right now. We're how, not even yeah, that far and then, gone for Brennan, and then what happened? How many games did Zion Williamson play at the end of the season? Okay, but we're saying ifs. I mean, at the beginning of this season, we would. I got plus 2,000 odds on the Nuggets winning the championship this year, and then by the end of the season, it felt like no-brainer. So if you're saying oh, could things fall into line, then you got to say yes because they have the talent to do it. They already proved that. Zion played 29 games last season, my guy. And Jamal I just, Murray I, played zero last year. And look where yeah, he is I, now. I know I, it's Zion That's like, just like it's unfair the, to me. I'm comparing yeah, like the most yeah. injured player in the league to one guy who had one ACL injury. And, and one guy who we like know is like about that life of like really getting back. And one guy who I'm like a little, I don't really know what's going on there right now. But uh, Do you have an hour <laughs> for that one too? <laughs> That's that's the that's the page, that's the after dark Patreon pod is yeah. uh yeah. All right, I think the 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 top 7 so Minnesota what do we think? Well, <laughs> I'm going to go no. I'm going to go no as well. So I and then from there I think the top 7 teams you could all con- you could convince me all of them. Memphis question mark Wait. obviously maybe Adam yeah, when, will, when, when, will drop his tweet yeah, soon when. but yeah, he should yeah. do it at like three a. He should do it at like three a.m. Is what and he it should, should just do come it, from like, like his personal IG, not even like a press release from the league. Uh, he made it all about himself, TikTok. so you know you might as well. He's he's cracking jokes with Dan Patrick and all that. Um, Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, Phoenix, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers. I think all could easily win it. The West was wide open this year, and it will be again next year. 
All right, so we're. I'll give you the Pelicans, and I'll remind you the Suns. It would be a first time championship. Uh, yeah. So I was feeling a little, little, little misty watching the Nuggets get that because uh, I don't know if you heard, but there was a series two years ago where the Suns were prominently involved and had a chance to to get one, and I was there and they didn't. So it's a little sad. That's true. So, so eight teams in the West is what we're saying. Yeah. That's fifteen teams overall. That's half. Hmm. Parody. Now, will 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 will. <laughs> Will will we have tears in that fifteen? Yeah, but I I don't, I don't think that's and like the Hawks unreasonable. Will be at the top of it. Yeah, Hawks the Hawks are just in there. Just all birds, bunch of birds. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I I do feel like we're, and we we did, I mean we're going to continue to talk about all this, but like we haven't even mentioned the CBA, which is just going to enforce action. You know, teams are going to have to make moves this offseason mm-hmm. just to figure out salary stuff. So uh, if you're projecting forward, I think talent being even more spread out is possible. Um, so, Speaking of a team that could disperse some talent around the league, including one player who just opted out, let's talk about the Toronto Raptors. They just hired a head coach. They could have up to $20 million in cap space. Probably not really a cap three team because they have Jakob Pertl as a free agent. Lots of questions here. The news hook of this that Fred Van Vliet is going to go into direct free agency, declined his player option. Brennan, I, I am, they're a team that they aren't quite totally stuck. And I and I think, you know, they hired uh, Darko Rajakovic as their head coach. He was a Grizzlies assistant. It seems like they are really bringing in someone who's going to develop young players. And like, that's part of the sales pitch they are making here. Um, He is the last head coaching hire, by the way. So all the coaches are filled now. Um, It seems like they are going to try. It doesn't seem like as of right now, they're going to go full rebuild. Where I want to start with this is the Fred Van Vliet news. Brendan, I, I think if I'm Toronto, I'm thanking him for a service. And I'm prob- I'm trying to sign and trade him if I can. I, I think he's been obviously great for them, helped them win a title. He's one of their, he is their, him and Siakam are their big success stories of development and of guys that came out of nowhere in a lot of ways. But he is someone that I think seems to want something a little bit different and and that kind of feels like it's been in the water a little bit and I think if I'm them I want to try to turn the leaf over a little bit more to Scotty as a playmaker develop him in that way and it's time to I think start ushering in a, a different era of Toronto I don't think it's going to be it doesn't seem like it's going to be the full retool which I, I actually might advocate for around Scotty if I were them but Losing Fred will be a change for them, and I and I think it is ultimately the right move, especially if you can sign him, trade him. I I think you should do it. I think they just have too much for it to be a full reset. Like you would just have to be so intentional. You'd have to be Danny Ainge with the Jazz to just dismantle this team. And even then, Danny Ainge ended up with too much stuff to be bad. So it's it's just too hard to do that. And I think there's no real need to. Would it be nice to get another high draft pick? Yeah, but. That's my question for you is, and I have some Fred Van Vliet trades, but do you think Scotty Barnes is good enough to to be treated as the the franchise cornerstone that you're resetting your team around? 
Year one, I would have said yes. I don't think he should have won Rookie of the Year, but he was up there with Cade and, and with Mobley for Rookie of the Year. Last year, I think he took a little bit of a step back. He wasn't as efficient as a field goal shooter. He His threes, which weren't good in year one, dipped below 30%. Two-point percentage dropped from 54 to, to 50%. Some of that could have just been Toronto stuff. His assists did go up, so like the, it's not like it was a full loss, but I didn't think he was the same... I think he kind of like had a either took a step back or just kind of stayed plateaued, the same. Yeah. Plateaued. I don't know if he's going to be like your A plus like one guy on your best team. Do I think he could be kind of an interesting piece of like a great team? Yeah, I do. But do I think he's, I think it, I'd, I'd be looking at him as him as like your, your two to your one. I think if you're in an optimal situation, I don't think scoring wise, it feels like he might have the chops to do some of that. And the mechanism yeah. is kind of an interesting like lack of that. And, and if he's his size and he's is the Swiss Army knife, can play the five, do all this stuff, there's a ton that I think you should love. But I think some of the scoring stuff at his size gets a little bit trickier. And if the three-point shot doesn't come, it's not like you can just be like, oh, he's seven foot, we can play him at the... Like, exactly. It gets a little trickier unless you, unless you have the shooting component with him. If you're not a center in the NBA and you're not like early career LeBron James level of like driving finisher type. And even that, I'm not sure what that looks like in the modern NBA. Um, you're just limited. So I agree with you. I don't think that they should be thinking about him that way. So I guess that could be a thing to advocate for, for getting bad again, at least for one year. But uh, with Van Vliet, I think I agree. I just don't think that he, he's not even really that big of a floor raiser in my opinion. I mean, he can shoot. That's helpful. He's a pretty good point of attack defender. He can handle the ball capably. He knows the, you know, the, the organization and everything else. But like, I don't even think that he's somebody that keeps you solid. I think he's just sort of a luxury. And on a good team, he could be more than that. So I have two trades. Hit me. First of all, I think the Jalen Brunson range for the contract is probably reasonable. Four years, 104 million. Yeah. Something around there. I mean, maybe le- maybe a little less, but that's probably what he'd be asking for. So this is the first one is one we talked about back at the jet at the deadline. If you remember to or- the Orlando magic mm-hmm. for Gary Harris, Jalen Suggs and the 11th pick. Is that too much? Suggs and a first and a top a lottery pick. I think that's too much because it's a sign and trade. Mm hmm. So if you, but if you did like Suggs and like a future protected first, I would, pro- I would do it. They have a, also Orlando has just like a lot of picks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, look, I, this is minutia, but uh, Gary Harris is somebody that a lot of contenders should be trying to get. So uh, Toronto could potentially flip him. Um, all right. And then the other one I had for Van Vliet is two Phoenix with Otto Porter and a protected first for DeAndre Ayton. So in this case, they're stacking stuff up to get to a, a bigger deal to get Ayton. Um, the crazy thing about this whole Toronto offseason, which we can probably just hit now because it relates to this, is why on God's green earth did they trade for Jakob Pertl at the deadline? So I A first-round pick. I th- yeah, I don't understand this in retrospect. And, like, he's going to want... He's reportedly, like, looking for, like, $20 million. I think that's crazy for what he is. I think he's a fine center... But I think like we live in this league where like I would not be paying a guy what he is to make twenty million dollars. I wouldn't. I don't think he's a twenty million dollar a year guy. 
Like if like nobody Jared that's Allen, as good as him makes twenty million dollars. Like Jared Allen is like better than him, and even like someone like him at twenty million at times feels like you could like are you spending? Would you be better spending the money elsewhere? And like I, Jared Allen, despite the playoff stuff, is like a a highly competent center with like some some pretty good skills, but he's not like overwhelming elite at one thing. Pirtle is like a mid-level exception like type of guy that I would use in my center. I I get like, that they like him. I get they wanted size. Maybe this was like a, a Nick Nurse thing behind the scenes. Like I don't I don't fully know. Maybe like he really just like I need a big. And I get wanting some stability that position, but I they overpaid. Like you could have just got him in free agency, and your last season would have changed. Maybe your draft position would be slightly better. Old fashioned contract. I mean, they they don't have cap space, so I guess that would be the one thing they wouldn't have been able to go get him in free agency necessarily. But sign and trades, there's all sorts of things you could do. It just felt really old fashioned. The types of trades we used to see: a first round pick for an expiring player to go help you kind of make like a a push for the five seed and whatnot, like that. That's like the NBA in like the mid 2000s. Like that's just stuff doesn't happen. I think teams are smarter than that. And they in this case, they weren't. Um, so the Aiden thing is related to this. But what's your what's your walk away number for Pirtle? So I had Valanchunas makes 13 or I think Steven Adams makes 13. Valanchunas makes 16 and Yusuf Nurkic makes 18 million. Yusuf Nurkic contract is one of the worst in basketball. So I don't know if that's a good comparison, but they're similar. For, players. It's like, it's. I would rather have Steven Adams than Jakob Pertle, so 13. Okay, yeah. So basically the mid-level, like you said. Yeah, he's, I just he's don't a mid-level know who player. else is giving, uh, who, uh, what other cap space team is giving Pertle money? That's the other maybe thing. The, maybe maybe the, the Pistons, because they just love centers. Maybe Troy Weaver's like yeah. another center. Great, we'll give Mason Plumlee but, another but, contract, and we'll bring back Pertle too, yeah. Yeah, and they have uh, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, making $13 so, million dollars also. Yeah. Yeah, so like I bet I I the, to answer your question, like I I think like a good team should like that has their mid level should be like call him and offer it to him, mm-hmm. but that's about as high as I think he's reasonably gonna get. I don't think there's like cap space teams like really calling out for him. So and, like that's okay. Yeah, but it's just for hit like he he wasn't gonna get twenty million dollars. Like that just wasn't gonna happen. Players like him, he wasn't even like playing thirty minutes a game for the Spurs. You know, he just he's not a he's not a high minutes player. He can't shoot free throws. He doesn't do much on offense. It's just not really going to happen. Um, so, yeah, all right, let's say that they they cap it at 13. That's still a manageable number where I, I suppose you could he's tradable. You could keep him as a backup. Maybe I don't really know. But do you like the deal for the Suns or the Suns deal for the Raptors? To get why Aiden? are they trading? I, I Why would you trade for DeAndre and pay him that much money is like my other question. I, I, They've been I, linked to him in the he, past, and I think he's a little bit more... He fits a little bit more of their overall roster construction and playing style better than any of the other centers, including Pirtle, who they've had. That would be the case for it. Yeah, it's just... I'm a little... Uh, and you could I'm lose fans sc- for nothing otherwise. It, you know, so it's like that's you're true, kind of that's flipping true. I'm, I'm just. I am just a... Eight and skeptic, and I being on the hook for his contract with where you're at feels a little dicey to me. Is what I would say. I I think if you're sure that you could reje- rejuvenate Aiton, then sure. But I think otherwise, I'm a little like like why did we do this? Even if it's just like I would rather just lose him for nothing than take on a contract that is that huge. And if you, unless you're really really sure and believe in him, is there another Van Vliet deal you like? Or team, no, at least. I, 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 the Orlando one is the one that makes the most sense to me. We have more trades to get to, so let's go to Pascal Siakam. So here, here's the Siakam thing for me. 
Brendan, is one of my big mysteries. It, it did not make my... So on Thursday, we're going to... Or Friday, depending on the episode was out. We're going to have a 10 people that are going to decide the NBA offseason. Could be GMs, could be team owners, could be players. Siakam did not make my list for this, but he was on my like long list. Mm-hmm. Here's why. Siakam is someone that I I th- I could see a world where it makes sense for Toronto to tr- for Toronto to trade him. I could see a world where they decide, hey, you've been great for us, but you're 29, you're in the last year of your contract, time to go. I also think it seems like if you read it, they're not trying to do a full teardown. He would be the one. He's the best player. He's a top what fifteen to twenty player. He's also going to command a ton of money on his next deal. If you're saying we don't want to take a massive back, we want to be ready to go in a year, then you just resign him and you think of and you don't think about it. But he is the one where it's like if you wanted to get real value back in a trade, you know because he has the one year left, the team could have to resign him, get his bird rights. Like, that's the one where I think you could extrapolate a lot of value out to retool for yourself yeah. in a way that, like, an OG and an OB trade would not. And I, I, so I just, I wonder if they consider that at all. They've postured no, but I, I wonder if that is somewhere in the ether out there a little bit. So I guess the, one of the other cases to keep him would be he, he was maybe the guy more than anyone else who didn't seem to get along with Nick Nurse. So there's a little bit of like, well, let's maybe see one season of those guys apart. I don't know if I think that's enough of a reason to keep him, but that's there. To me, the biggest reason to trade him is I think he's the guy on this roster, maybe more than anyone, who overlaps with Scotty too much. Mm -hmm. I feel like what you want Barnes to be is somewhat of a version of what Siakam already is. I know they're not the same exact player, but they would occupy similar spots on the court, elbow playmaking, you know, high post stuff, operating as the roller in a pick and roll with whatever guards you end up having this year. And so you kind of want Scotty to slide into that. I don't think that them on the court together is great. I, I looked it up around the deadline and they were a negative on, uh, on the court together, I think, at that time. Um, so I think I would agree with you that they should trade him. I have three trades. All the rest of the trades for the whole episode are pretty much in the West. I don't know why. It just is how it played out. All right. To the Mavericks. This is my favorite one. I've been wanting them to do this since the deadline. To Dallas for Bertons, Kleba, Josh Green, and Jaden Hardy, and a 2029 top four protected first. So that's like a smaller version of the Donovan trade because he only has one year left. Um, would you maybe it, I know how the salad the, the would work, but I would almost want to be like, can I give up one more first and keep Josh Green? Yeah, that that would probably be part of the negotiation. That that's where I would that's but I I like I like that destination for him quite a bit. I just think he's he's a really nice kind of pick and pop guy with Luca and Kyrie. Um, and to, and could like make Luca divert Luca diversify in a way that he probably needs to. And he can play with another big. You know, Siakam can play with another big because he can space and he can play make. So you could still inf- reinforce the defense a little bit and still have Siakam on the court. He doesn't have to play center. Um. To Portland for Simons, Nurkic, and the third pick, Scoot, basically. I would do that if I'm them just because I think Scoot could really would fill the Van Vliet hole and really turbocharge kind of some of the ball handling stuff there. I wouldn't hate that if I'm them. 
Do you think the, and we'll talk about the Blazers more next week, but do you think the Blazers can do better than, than Siakam with that? That's their package. There's really no other like varieties involved. They don't have a lot to deal. I think that's what's kind of getting lost with Portland. So yeah. can they do better than Siakam with that package? Do you think, do you think Mikhail Bridges is better than Siakam? I would probably call them somewhat equivalent right now. I think Siakam's like a couple years older. And Bridges is on a much better contract. So I, I think like trade value wise, Bridges is probably has a little bit higher trade value. But in terms of like what's going to make Dame feel like they can win a championship, I mean, he's he's pals with Mikhail, so that affects it. But I don't... Maybe it makes Dame happy. I do not think Mikhail Bridges is ready to be the number two on a championship team, in my informed opinion. Yeah, someone who knows him better than than anyone I know personally. I don't, you're probably right. Um... Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. Um, Siakam feels would like also just the, there, there's a defensive part of Siakam, and I think in the right situation maybe gets unlocked in a different way again. That we, that kind of would be a throwback yeah. to how we really came on the scene. That I think would be kind of interesting to see if he could tap into a, a, a version of that again if he had to do less on offense for in in a different kind of structure on offense as well. Um, All right, so last one for Siakam to the Warriors. For Jordan Poole, Gary Payton, and a 2027 top four protected first. So this is if Draymond leaves or if they do a separate trade in, involving Draymond because Siakam and Draymond are similar players. Yeah. Um, so that would be kind of like our, he's our younger Draymond replacement for the future type of type of trade. I would say no to that if I'm Toronto because I don't really want to be in the Jordan Poole business. I, if I'm them, Brendan, I'm being very picky about who I'm. I'm being very picky this summer. Not too picky, but I think they should be particular about the kind of business they do. I, I think they're in a spot where what they do this summer is going to kind of have a very direct impact over what the next 24 months looks like. And I think they have to kind of keep some of that in mind when they're, when they're doing some of these trades. Even if they get assets back, I think they got to be very, very particular here. I also think Golden State has to give up more than what I put in there. That that's a way smaller package than the other ones, as I'm saying. It's a probably two picks. Um, and yeah, I agree. I, I don't love that one. Um, I've always kind of liked it just because again, Siakam and, and Draymond are similar. So I just like the idea of kind of him filling that that big playmaker role, but it's probably not worth blowing up your team for Pascal Siakam. So getting rid of Poole and Draymond and all this other stuff just to get him in the door is probably not uh, not really necessary. Which one did you like the best? Dallas. Me too. I really like that. I, I think it would be worth, like I said a minute ago when we were talking about finals teams, I think that Siakam as a third guy on that particular team would be worth having him be sort of your all-in move. Like if they make that trade, they really have nothing else to deal. You have Kyrie, Luka, and, and Siakam, and then some role play, some veteran role players, not even like young role players. You still have the ten number 10 pick this year to get somebody, but that's kind of your team. I think it's worth it, though. I think they fit well enough. The other part of this, Brendan, is I think if you could get the third pick, I would also want to do that just because I think someone like Scoot or if Brandon Miller's there or whatever, maybe they, they go way off the board and take a Thompson twin or whatever. Maybe they do something weird in that spot. Who knows? The Raptors can would. be... He might. If you look at this roster, this is a roster that I think needs an injection of youth alongside Scotty. OG is going to be 26. Scotty is going to be 20. He's 21 right now. Okay. You know, Precious is extension eligible. 
I don't know if I like love him as super Superman, but you could extend him at a decent number and I would be like, sure, that's fine. But he's he's 23. Like you have guys that are kind of in that in that range, but then you have like Boucher is 30. Malachi Flynn's already 25. I don't understand how Chris Boucher is 30. It doesn't make any sense. I feel like I learned his name two years ago. Right. It's bizarre. You might lose Gary Trent this summer as well. He's 24. Like, you know, why? Like, Joe Wise came. I don't think he's like a big part of your future plans. I don't think like Banton was good last year, but you know, he's he's 23 already. Like, you, you need, I think, a real injection of like youth to kind of give yourself like to get someone more in Scotty's age bracket. Um, and that you also just feel good about like maybe Coloco kind of develops. He's 22. I know like there was some hope for him last year, but maybe it looks better this year. Coming season. I think like if you could get him in a position to take a swing on someone at the top of the draft, I think it would do them a lot of good to get another pick in that range. The Scotty pick was a blessing for that franchise to get in that spot and be able to draft someone like Scotty that they otherwise would not have been able to get with where they're at. Especially having they to live in Tampa, Florida for a year. It's a wonderful reward. Tough. Tough. I think I think a world where they could get like a scoot, I think would do them a lot of good if they could find a way to finagle that with Portland. But I I it's I I I, I, just, I am more of the opinion, Brennan, that they should probably just go pretty stuff. Like I would be more interested in trading Siakam than it would be OG just because I think you should get more value Back for Siakam, they were very unrealistic, in my opinion, with what they were looking for with OG last yeah. year. I think unreasonably, like, looking for a ton. OG's, like, fine. He is a good player, but, like, he's not a superstar, and he wants this bigger role. But maybe if you do reshuffle the deck here, and you trade away Siakam to Dallas or whatever... Maybe OG, maybe you extend OG, you could still trade him again at some point, but he gets the chance to maybe expand his game a little bit and see if there's actually anything on that bone, which is the bone yeah. that he has like always kind of reportedly wanted to, to chew on. I think Toronto was probably the most bummed out by Mikhail Bridges breaking out last year because they're like, damn it, we don't have the best young wing to trade like we thought we did anymore. Now Mikhail's the guy. Um, all right, you covered the precious stuff. I agree. Do it if you want to. They have the 13th pick. Do we have time to rapid fire through OG trades? Yeah. All right. Do you think the Grizzlies still pursue him? Because they were like the number one team, but now this jaw thing that Adam Silver is going to, you know, do a Tumblr post about in a little bit is looming. Um, he's going to have, you know, that like guy that the NBA has to, that does like trick shots and then like for the NBA, like he's like a social media influencer. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just going to like make a shot and that's how they're going to announce it. And then it's going to be like a, a backdrop that appears where it's like the statement on a piece of paper or something. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. It's going to be something really fucking stupid. Um, I think (sighs) OG trades are tricky in the sense that like, I think he is someone that should, I don't know if he is like the, the, the piece on top to be, like fix your defense. I think he's, I think he like raises the floor. I don't think he's like the chair on top of an already good defense. If that makes sense. So if I'm Memphis, I probably do it because I think this is a real need. And I think he could play the four next to triple J when triple J is at the five. The question is like, how many picks do you want to give up? Yeah. I mean, and I, if I, and if I'm Memphis, I'm probably still just saying I'm going in. Cause like, even if like, I think the jog extensions are, 
suspensions are going to be a little hefty. His extension is going to be hefty as well. But you and still like, can't maybe that act plays like next year is just a wash. Like you can't just be yeah, like, oh, exactly, whatever. Exactly. No, exactly yeah. where I'm going. You're going to get him back, and you're going to want to go for it, especially if yeah. the talent is as good as you think it is. You're going to be in the hunt in the West anyway. Yeah, they've played well without him in the past. It's like I, I think people have gotten a little overboard with the jaw thing. Like it's just going to destroy the future and present of the Memphis Grizzlies, and it's like it's. It's its own thing. It's not going to be easy for them to deal with, but they also have, still have one of the most promising cores in the NBA. Um, Bingo. So, would yeah. You, would I you if that, you're Memphis? Stand. I would definitely would do you? it if I'm Memphis. Okay. I think that he is... I like. I would look, you know, to return to the, to the Nuggets, I would look at what Aaron Gordon just did in these playoffs and feel pretty excited about acquiring somebody like OG Ananobi. I think especially if my future is a little more small ball with Jaron at the five, which he showed himself to be able to do pretty well in this, po- this, this last season. Um, I don't think OG's quite as high IQ of a player as somebody like Aaron Gordon, but I think functional strength is is just a really big thing. If you could get OG could become a little bit more of a rebounder, the shooting is there, which is huge. He's just going to be more playable than a lot of other guys like him because he's shot you know above league average from deep for four years now. I mean, like on a high volume, like he is a legit shooter. So that's that's what you want. I think the question with with OG in general is just. How serious is his desire to be more on offense and how much is that going to get in the way if he can't? Is going to a place where he can win and be appreciated and paid more enough or is it a situation where he has to have the ball in his hands and that's his number one goal? I kind of don't think it's that because very few players allow that to just wreck their careers. We don't really know because he he's not that talkative. He's not the type of leaker that you know makes that stuff known. So we'll see. But it, on Memphis, he wouldn't be that. So... That would be the one thing holding me back. Um, I didn't do a Memphis package just because I wasn't really sure yeah. what where things would land, but that's interesting. All right, to the Pelicans is my second one for Larry Nance, Herb Jones, and two firsts. I kind of used the template of what the deadline stuff was as the, like, where their offers were going to be or at least what the Raptors were going to demand. So it's probably not mm-hmm. two good firsts, but two firsts of some kind, Herb Jones and Larry Nance. I would do it if I'm... <laughs> From the Pelicans, I love. I I really like Larry Nance as like a role guy. I think they could then flip Toronto could then flip him for more if they really wanted to. Um, you get to rehabilitate Herb's offense a little bit, but you would you get a better offensive player, similar defensive player. Yeah, I would do that if I'm if I'm Toronto. I would feel pretty. I'd feel good about him and Ingram as a duo as well. I think. Yeah, that feels like a lot, but I think. They have a lot to trade, though, is the thing. And I just feel like the Raptors are operating from a point of strength. Hey, do you want the the most valuable thing in the league? We have one of them. You know what I mean? Like, what? How about the Thunder trade for for OG? They have Jalen Williams, isn't that OG? (laughs) Like part two. I mean, they're kind of the same exact player. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I was gonna be like Lou Dorton some picks. Yeah. You and you and OG moving to OKC. So I have Dallas for Bullock, Green, and two firsts. Yeah. And I then would I have prefer the Toronto one. Or the, the Pelicans New one. Orleans one. And then the last one, which is back to the Eastern Conference for this. Uh, I'm gonna pull back on this one. Never mind. I was gonna do a Tyrese no, Maxi thing, but I just oh, I think oh. Maxi's just better. So I was going yeah. back and forth. I'm like, could the Raptors give up something? I'm just like, I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's realistic. But I liked the idea of giving the Sixers an actual wing defender if they could find a way to get one, but 
Yeah, it's like it's like a team like Cleveland should would call if they could, but they can't because like they don't have picks. But it's like you could be like, do you want Jared Allen instead of Jakob Pertl and some picks? But they don't have the picks. Like the Knicks already have Josh Hart, um, who's not as good, but they can just resign and not think about picks for. Mm-hmm. They they're gonna get a team that's I think kind of desperate. I think is where this ends up, and that could be New Orleans, that could be Dallas. Like I think it's gonna be a team that feels like it has to do something aggressive and go get wing help. The Sixers could do. Would, Melton, Tucker, and two firsts. I just, yeah, I, I don't know if I would do that. You're really sac- You're really chipping into your depth even more, and you're already kind of like a thin team. The spicy one in my head, Brendan, um, was would you consider an, some sort of trade that center on MPJ for OG if you're Denver? No. I think as long the as shooting- Michael Porter can continue to, ru- to, yeah. to get right physically... I think his ceiling is still like way higher than where he's at right now. And the offense, even though he didn't have a good finals, but the way he plays offense, I think fits with Jokic better than the way OG plays offense. I, I think there's something to just the way he plays that really kind of like the his his freedom that he plays with. I, I think kind of fits in with what Jokic sets up for him, and that would take time for OG to adjust. But that that was like a spicy one that I also I Stan Kroenke is like as close to a godfather of Michael Porter Jr. as you can have. I don't know if you know that background, but like he's a big no. he's a big Mizzou booster, and okay. so that's a big reason why they drafted Michael Porter, and that's a big reason why they gave him the max. Is that Stan Kroenke's like one of one with with the University of Missouri and got to know their family and everything else. So. Don't know if Michael Porter Jr. is ever leaving the Denver Nuggets unless he asks out. Let's put it that way. Okay, good for him. Got a bag. Get those checks. Got Get a those checks. world-class uh, medical staff to fix his back. All good. Yes. So, Brendan, let's, let's end on this. I'm going to ask you a question we'll end on that. You know, the Keontae George, like they have the 13th pick. That could be an interesting pick. They could go different directions. I, the 13th pick isn't changing your life. Do you feel like the Raptors are in a good spot? No, but I think that they're in a good spot for what the Raptors want to be. They're never going to bottom out. I mean, they just never have done that. The only time they got bad is just because everybody sucked because it was miserable to be in Tampa. You know, that's just not in their in their blood. So I think having Scotty and I think having some flexibility to reset a little bit with these trades if they chose to, they're in a good spot. I wouldn't pick them in a who do you want to start a franchise with today type of draft situation, but I would pick them over a lot of other situations. And I do think Darko's going to be a good uh, a good coach. I think he's one of those guys who has a combination of player development background, but he's also been a, a high level assistant coach on winning teams. Like he was back, he was in Oklahoma City with Billy Donovan in the mm-hmm. Russ and KD era. That's where he started. Then he went to Phoenix during their first season and then he's been on Memphis as they've been a playoff team and kind of a young building group. So like I, I think he's a good guy to do this. So they're in a fine spot. I don't think they're in the best spot of any, you know, kind of resetting team in the league. Yeah, I, I've nothing to add to that. I I think you nailed that perfectly. But let's end there. This has been the Just Basketball Show for Tuesday, June thirteenth. Congratulations again to the Denver Nuggets, the NBA champs, the best team in the world with the best player in the world. I think we can just call Jokic the best player in the world now. Yes, Brendan, are you good with that? I'm happy with that, yeah. Yeah, best player in the live, best player alive right now. Has the has that belt. Can't wait to see all the, the pony content from Serbia this summer. Let him take Larry O'Brien to Serbia is all I ask. Adam Silver.
But remember, go click our link below for our friends at Homage. Some of that money, if you buy something, will come back and support the show. Please do that. Remember to subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice, five stars only. Remember to subscribe and hit that uh, notification bell on YouTube as well. And by the way, Thursday's show is going to be 10 players, 10 people that define the NBA offseason. Brendan and I are going to come up. We have come up with independent lists. We don't know who we have to pick, who each of us are going to pick. There's going to be some overlap. But we're going to get into the chaos of the NBA offseason starting on Thursday. There is no real break here on the Just Basketball Show or on that NBA calendar right now. We're diving right into the good stuff. Make sure you tune in for that. I'm Chris Manning. That's pretty clean. I can't say enjoy the hoops because the hoops are gone, but hope you enjoyed the hoops this NBA season.